The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And it's our Brady Quinn football show! <laughs> What's up, Brady Quinn? How you doing, buddy? Not much, man. I'm just trying to get over all the action. All the action that, uh, that we got on the NFL trade deadline. A lot of action on deadline day and... Uh, <laughs> The week leading up to it, usually the NFL doesn't get this much action, you know. I know. Um, a lot of action. A lot of that. I'm getting a lot of action. Yeah. Nothing yes. better than getting a lot of action. <laughs> Some guys are taking uh taking their talents to South Beach, if you know what I mean. Mm. Making some big moves. There's a big big chub coming to South Beach, is what you That's saying. right. There'll be a lot of chub <laughs> on South Beach. <laughs> uh, I love that I get blamed for all of this. Uh, the, uh Look, hey, I like the idea of Bradley Chubb on the Dolphins. Just walking oh. around South Beach. Chubb walking around South Beach. I mean, like, that's where you want to be. Like, that's where the action is. I just think it's hilarious if you look at the Dolphins, what they were a year ago under Brian Flores, and he he didn't want stars. Like, he would reportedly said, like, he didn't want a bunch of stars. He didn't want and two really a year later, <laughs> it's like all stars. It's like, all right, who else can we bring in that's uber talented that like we could take like that trade back where the San Francisco 49ers took Trey Lance. All those picks turned into what Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, and Bradley Chubb now. Insane. Which, by the way, do you think that those three guys on San Francisco right now would be any good with Jimmy Garoppolo? My God. <laughs> I mean, the team I mean, would be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I, I think those three guys on any team would help propel them to I'm be saying, a like, I'm saying, like, if you if you added, I guess you technically could add so you could have jimmy g that offensive line debo samuel brandon Ayuk, christian mccaffrey jalen waddle tyree kill and then nick bosa and bradley chubb rushing the passer like i mean the crazy thing about that though is even despite the move they made like they're still probably one of the top teams in the nfc right now look at the roster so i want to well 
I guess we could change the order of things that we were going to do. Mm. Mm. Oh, <laughs> spicy. Actually, spicy. Well, really, actually, mix, really mix it. Really. What? Cooper mixing a scooper regular in with a decaf. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the fourth? You cut out. And so I'm going to assume who's the fourth best team. I don't know if you said in the NFC. Uh, let me think. You're obviously going to start off with who's number one right now. It's Philly. After that, it's Slim Pickens. Maybe the Minnesota Vikings, I'd say, even though some people feel like they haven't been tested, at least since their win over the Green Bay Packers in week one. Um, outside of that, the Rams and the Bucks, two of the favorites, they've looked awful. Do you want to finish your question there, Will? I, I don't know when I got cut off. It's just like Chrome just dies and I just disappear. Yeah, honestly, I don't know really where you got cut off either. I was assuming you're asking who's the fourth best team. Was that the NFL or NFC? NFL. So I think oh. that, I think that now Billy and he's posting on Instagram is like, check me out on the Pick Six Pod when I talk about my Eagles every Sunday. That's fine. Mate, we might we might have to trim back his his airtime though, especially when people start complaining about how long the podcasts are. <clears throat> but we were debating about whether the Bills or the Eagles are the best team in football. To me, it's easily, easily the Buffalo Bills. I think it's the Bills too. I don't know if it's easily. I think they're a tough. I think the Eagles are a tough matchup schematically for what they do. Sure. But but I'll go ahead and say the Bills are right there with you. I actually would say that right next to the Bills, I'll put the Chiefs. Yes, I think. The- and, and I think those are the top two. I think Philly. Philly is not favored over the Bills or the Chiefs on a neutral field. If they if they were to be if they were to play this weekend, well, and, I'll put it this way: like, how far apart are the Titans and and Philly? Because if you're what are they a twelve and a half point dog? The Titans are in Kansas City. Is that right? Are they twelve? And a half? It's it's like twelve and a half or eleven and a half. It, it's absurd. Like that's a playoff team. Not only is they going to win the AFC South, they're, they're a five playoff team. They're like the three seed right now. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I mean, but that's what the line sits at. So I, I, I think I'm kind of there with you. I just think it's it's tough to think that. I, I don't know. Like Philly's one of those teams that they look great. Um, they're schematically tough to prepare for because the way they can run the football, how Hurts adds to that, and obviously their receivers. They have speed. They have ability. of size. With, with and everyone's a game changer for them too. Yeah, which is weird because like you look at the Titans, you go, why, why do you get rid of them? It's like <laughs> you, you know that you have this thing called money. Yeah. That you can use to give to players who are good and on your roster and who you drafted. Like, wh- why would you just not pay AJ Brown? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think they're looking back at that decision, probably regretting it right now, looking at what the passing game looks like. But that being, look at 12 and a half, 12 and a half points. Wild, man. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You can't tell me that Vegas wouldn't put the Eagles at, at a minimum five and a half. I think five and a half is right. I guess the Chiefs or Bills. And that look, yeah. it's not disrespecting the Eagles. By the way, no. uh, actually, uh, Tennessee is the two seed. Kansas City is the three seed currently. So the two seed, the number two seed in the AFC, is a 12 and a half point underdog to the number three seed on the road in a uh, 820 Sunday night game. Now, that I, I think that line probably presumes Malik Willis is starting. 12, if, if you give me 12 and a half. I mean, right? what was last week for Tannehill? There's just a sickness. It's not like you thought that was going to last two weeks, right? Is it? Is it just a sickness? I mean, I know he was battling an ankle injury like the week before, but <laughs> I was under the assumption it was, just a, it was just a sickness. He may have that um, 
there's new strains of new dangerous and deadly strains of the flu running around Brady. He may have one of those. So yeah, that's right. Where you just can't get off the pot, you know, you're just stuck there all day playing video games on the, on the pot. Um, if you want the inside scoop on DK Metcalf's poop story, by the way, check out, uh, whatever K Adam show is called. Um, anywho, moving on <laughs> the it's, Oh, it's a long story. I, the, no, it's not, I, 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 I imagine it is. I'm not going to go there though with the poop. Okay. Um, fourth best team in football. So but we all agree that the, 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 the bills, the chiefs and the Eagles are the three best teams in football. Like those right. are, those are the only three teams I really trust. Yeah. We're talking about the two seed. You get to the Titans. I I think I would probably say the fourth best team. Okay. Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota's a very good choice. I think Minnesota's a great choice. I think I think Minnesota's in the conversation. I think you might say Baltimore. You might throw in um the 49ers, although the 49ers have some like suspect losses, though, right? Like losing Chicago at the beginning of the year. I was like, ugh. Ugh. I don't know about that. Getting blitzed by the sunlight. What is this? What is this weird, bright? You you need that. You need the sunlight. What is, what, what is this weird bright thing shining down on me? That's God. <laughs> oh, that's the sun. Oh, oh it's, it's God shining down on you. Well, Gee, I don't know if that's it. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think Baltimore, Minnesota, San Francisco, Seattle. Ooh, Seattle. I think it's probably Minnesota. Don't you feel like you're like waiting for Seattle just to not be good? <laughs> That's saying like they get, they kind of feel like, and I'll just throw out there, I'll throw this out there. They kind of feel like the Jets and maybe even the Jets. Oh, no, why are you? What are you doing? You finally dodged a Jets W and you just come right back and slander. But I'm saying like they like so you think the Seahawks are what worse than the Jets? Better than where are they in ranking to the Jets? The Seahawks are much better than the Jets. Well, I, I'm not willing to say that. I mean, I think they're pretty equal when you break down both teams. The ex- the difference has been Geno Smith has played better this year at quarterback. That's the bottom line. Okay. Um, I mean, we're now like segueing into like two of our topics that we're going to start off with. The fourth, but like Zach Wilson possibly being benched, which I think is the most. I don't want to say it's, it's like stupid. outrageous. It's, it's so stupid. Okay, so stupid, right? How'd this even come about? Because chan- fans were chanting for Mike, Mike White. Is that how this Ryan Wilson suggesting that like they should bench him next in two weeks? Well, first off, I, I believe the report I read was that like Joe Douglas even kind of spoke about it only because there were some fans chanting for Mike White. Right. Which, look, the interceptions were bad. Here's the reality. The Jets lost Brees Hall. They trade for James Robinson. He's not up to speed yet. They, they, that, that offense was carried by the ground game. Um, and so at some point, you know, Zach Wilson, once he gets more time with guys like, you know, Eli Moore and, and, and uh, obviously Corey Davis. I don't know if Eli Moore is getting more time with Zach Wilson. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing, though. So, like, like so really just pull back the curtain. Right. We were like, we're not going to talk about Zach Wilson getting benched because it's the stupidest conversation ever. The Jets need to see what they have in him. They need to play him. He needs to play. He needs experience, all that stuff, right? We, we agree. But – there is something to be said for the fact that for whatever reason, they didn't move on from Eli Moore. And if the guy's that disgruntled now, how do you think things are going to play out later on the rest of the year if he's not getting the ball and not getting touches? I, I don't I don't understand why the Jet the Jets are like, no, no, no. We are a family. This is the Jets family. We handle this in-house. We deal with our problem. It's like you're not playing him. He's awesome. He's a great slot receiver. Either play him or trade him. Right. Like, why? 
And, and there are some times where like, you know, there's the way a guy moves his routes, everything else, like it just doesn't mesh, you know, with, with how you, you know, see and, and being able to connect with that guy, having that sort of chemistry. There's just some guys that are like that. Um, and, and that happens sometimes in quarterback play. I don't know if it's that. I think it's just, you know, maybe those two need to get on the same page a bit more. They need to figure out some ways of getting more, some easy touches, getting more involved in the game early on. Maybe that helps. Whatever the case may be. The bottom line was, if you go back to last week, turnovers were the biggest issue. They looked bad. Like, those were bad interceptions. You clean those up, I don't know that, you know, you're you're looking at Zach Wilson the same way. So, whatever that came from, you're not benching him anytime soon. He needs to play the rest of the season. Like, you, 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 have, to know. you have to know what you have right. in hand, especially if things don't go well the rest of the season. It's, like, it's, it's crazy. It is asinine. And in like and, and so like the, here's the, the impetus for this is sort of that like I think it was Brian Costello wrote in the New York Post the Jets timeline and Zach Wilson's timeline are now different and I, I'm not I mean I'm not disagreeing with him in the sense that well I am disagreeing with him actually f that like okay what well, what is the timeline for both the, the the argument is that the Jets the Jets are like oh we're we were we're before this week obviously five and two now five and three we're better than we thought we were the AFC is kind of wide open. We need to make a playoff push right now. It's like but that that is so stupid and so short-sighted. Right. You make a playoff push with a questionable roster and a team that's really luck boxed their way into several wins outside of the Packers victory in Green Bay, which we agreed that was a you know, that's the remember we talked about this last week. All backup, all victories against backup quarterbacks except the Packers win. If you try to be like, well, we're all in now on 2022, screw Zach Wilson. That is so short-sighted. Your team is not going to win the Super Bowl. You're the third best team at best in your division. I don't care what the standings say. That's just where you are. And if you try to go all in on 2022 and cast Zach Wilson aside, you are misaligning your front office, your coaching staff, and your, your, your would-be franchise quarterback. And that is how teams that are terrible stay terrible. I, I don't disagree with that. You know, I, I do think there has to be a longer term look here, even though you've had some surprising success. And because I, I think if you're looking at the roster, you're looking at the performance and how things have played out, you're probably saying to yourself, what's our weak spot? And you're probably saying it's, it's the quarterback position, right? And, and at that point, you go, okay, how do we build around this to make it sustainable at this point? Uh, as Will goes to shut his blinds to, uh, to block the sun, something that he's not familiar with. But that, that's the reality of this. Is is you, yeah? Took it took a hit. Um, it's too bright in here. <laughs> but but that's the reality of it, right? Is like you're looking at saying, all right, what do we have in our quarterback spot? If not, you know, then we can make a decision after the season. But you have to see what you have in him right now. Yes. It, this can't be so much about 2022. This has to be more about 2023 draft and beyond to know exactly where you stand going into it, especially considering what your record could be. Um, I, I think that's going to be, be two biggest. and two and two and six easily. Say that again. It could be two and six easily, and you could have three thousand dollars in your pocket. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like going back, going back over the rest of the season. I mean, look, the rest of the way. I mean, I did play Buffalo this week. They're they a have, point underdog. I'm home. pretty sure it's like Buffalo, New England. They already played New England. It's New England after the bye. Then if they play them again, well, they, they play them a second time. Right, I think it's but it's after the bye. They have Buffalo this week, then a bye, and then they come out of that. Um, trust me, I know the schedule at this point because 
so many people have just kind of yeah, harped on the your account, Your accountant is yeah. your accountant yeah. is being like, hey Brady, yeah, trust me. Like, like they're they're they're, <laughs> they're only were favored in the first nine games. Okay, one time, one time. All right, at home, somehow versus a backup or, or excuse me, versus a backup quarterback, they were favored finally uh, versus Denver. That was oh, it's the it's the Bills at home this weekend by at Pats. So yep. and again, like, well, let's bench Zach Wilson. Yeah. I'm sure Mike White or Joe Flacco will handle the Bills and New England in in in, in Foxborough. I'm, I'm sure that will take care of everything that you need to work. Okay, about. let me throw this. Let me throw this out there though, because we're venturing here. Joe Flacco is the most experienced. He had an unbelievable comeback win versus Cleveland. Sure, you not look at that and just kind of go. If we're really trying to play that card, we're all in on 2022. Wouldn't you right. say Mike White's not your guy? If you're all in on 2022, it's no, Joe it'd be Flacco. Joe Flacco. Yeah, and if and if you're and if your answer to all your problems is joe flacco you may have bigger problems than you think you have like if you're like i know what'll solve everything we'll start joe flacco and i love joe flacco but it's 2022 and if you think like (laughs) rolling out that old bag of bones is gonna fix everything then you really have lost your mind first off uh, they again they have more issues than just the quarterback spot. Sure. Everyone tends to point to the quarterback spot. You know, a lot of hurt soccer that loss is is hurting them. Brees Hall, that hurts them. I think they'll be fine once James Robinson gets going. But uh, again, the talk of benching, it's the stupidest thing in the world. You let them play it out, see how things fall, you reevaluate after the season. That's where this is going. But it doesn't change the fact that the Jets did weren't a player in the, the deadline. For you know, for the NFL trade uh, deadline, I was shocked by that. I really thought they would try to make a move or do something at this point. And you're smirking right now. Only God knows what you're thinking in your head. <laughs> That's all I can't. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about the, and we'll move on from the Jets in a second. I'm thinking about the line from um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off when Ed Rooney is like, he's like on the phone. He's like, he's like, he's told his, he's told his secretary, he's like, it's Bueller, and he's like, I'll tell you what. <laughs> he's like, why don't, why don't you just roll her old bones on over here and I'll dig up your daughter? You know, that's our school policy. And then it's like, it's like they buzz in. He's like, Ed, Ed, I've got Ferris Bueller online too. And he's like, <gasps> yeah, that was a good, that was good. Um, all right. Tell you what, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll answer the question we started the podcast with next. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account. Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So who is the fourth best team in the football? Uh, Yeah, this is like a big thing for us, apparently. Um, Okay, so I, I think the fourth best team right now, it's probably Minnesota. It has to be, right? And, and with the addition of TJ Hawkinson, that to me could be a game changer for him, right? Irv Smith goes down. He's going to miss 12 weeks. The tight end position hadn't really been big for them anyway. Um, if you looked at how they were targeting things, I, I was a little bit shocked that trade even took place just because it was an interdivision trade. But that being said, it's a huge get for them. I mean, if you look at Kevin O'Connell in this offense and how it's built, the outside zone running scheme is a huge piece of it. The tight end either at the point of attack and blocking or even just being able to release off of that for boots, move the pocket. He's baby Kittle. He's baby Kittle. Well, he's, he's, he's going to be an element of that. The difference is it's hard to not look anywhere other than Justin Jefferson first. Sure. But it, look, it's a huge get. And I think it's one that helps legitimize, I think, what the Minnesota Vikings are. Their defense is still evolving. And their offense has been the most consistent piece, no doubt. Um, and so that, that was one that like, I look at them, I think they're the fourth best team and I think that's a tough place to play. And I think as he gets more ingrained in the offense, that's going to be a tough team to stop. Um, okay. I've been asked this several times in the last, uh, few days, I guess, but why, why don't people want to like, or trust or get excited about the Vikings because of Kirk cousins in prime time? I mean, think about it. You're going to get some games flexed at the end of the season that are important. They only have, I think, one in the second half of the year, like a Thursday night game. That's it. That's the only prime time. They got some four o'clock starts, but that's it. So you'd have to imagine they're going to get flexed at some point. And that's been the history for Kirk Cousins. He hasn't played well in prime time. I don't know if it's his circadian rhythms off. I'm not sure what you attribute it to, but it's just it's just been the reality of the situation. It's a sleeping situation. It's like a resting. He's, he's gonna eat. No, he's gonna, he's gonna stay up later. Maybe he's sleeping in, or maybe it's not. I think it's a, I think it's a Kurt gets his a, a tight butt thinking about playing in front of a bunch of people in this island game and freaks out. I don't even know it's that so much. Maybe it's just the fact that you know they just haven't played well. You know, just a weird odd occurrence. But that being said, I think that's the biggest concern. Like they kind of look at him, they go ah. Uh, it's Kirk Cousins prime time. I mean, ask Pete Prisco. It's the first, he gets that glazed look over his face. He gets that glazed look and he just goes, you can tell he doesn't have the fire in his belly. He yeah. doesn't, he gets a glazed look on his face. You can tell he's on prime time. He knows he, he sees the cameras. He's freaking out. Like Pete. You're a <laughs> How good is that one? It's amazing. Oh God, that guy. He gets so mad now because on big noon kickoff, and it started off as me trying to say things because he always goes, it was actually a trick that he never picked up on. Oh, oh, this is this the thing where like you like kind of like okay, let me let me go ahead and finish. I know you want to cut off and ruin it all. Let me finish. Right, so on, literally the inside joke was I was because he would say, Hey, I watched the show. I'd be like, Oh, okay, do you? Do you? So then I would start to like use some of his catchphrases to see if he would then at some point pick out on that. So for example, that loser. At one point, I, th- I think I had said that to Clay Travis when we were going back and forth, giving him a hard time. I was like, you were a loser. And then Pete was like, oh, my gosh, you're still my material. What are you doing? All this stuff. And I was like, there you go. He actually does watch from time to time. I don't even think he watches, though. I think he actually just finds the clips on social media 
And then he's like, ah, you did it again. See, you did it again in this clip. He texted a separate thread that I, this is what I was going to say when I was rudely interrupting you, as I tend to do often. Um, he was like, Brady is stealing my bit and using it on big new kickoff. And so like you should, so have you been like utilizing new, like individual, like you should be like, you need yeah, to really fire in the belly this week. Well, fire in the belly. I will definitely try to get in at some point. Um, and I'll see if he notices the loser one we got in for Clay Travis. I got another one. Oh, the Paisan Passion. We got that in for uh, <laughs> for Tommy DeVito. It's talking about Illinois. I got Paisan Passion in. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I, I will try to get fired in the billion this week. That will you be like, you should also um, at some point, like the final final big new kickoff of the year. You should like name check Pete, but like call him by the wrong first name. Bill like, well, That's his brother's Paul, I think. Uh, but you were like, or like, I don't know, or like Pete. Prisca or like just like just like 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 purposely mispronounce his name. <laughs> I, I all I know is that this week just look for fire in the belly. I, I'm already I'm already putting like in my head how what's this is the, what's the game for big new kickoff? We will be at TCO in Fort Worth. They're yeah, taking I'll on Texas Tech. So how uh, good the, the problem is they just got shafted by the college football playoff committee. All right. I didn't, I didn't oh, they're that. ranked seventh. And with their resume, considering what they've done so far, it's crazy. The, how it's set up right now, they are guaranteeing the SEC gets two teams in the playoff. Like, there's no other way of looking at it. With Tennessee at number one, even if they lose this week to Georgia, that's probably their only loss. Georgia goes to the SEC championship game as an undefeated team. If they win it, obviously they get in the playoff. Maybe Tennessee does two as a non-division, non-conference champion winner with one loss. Um, or Let's just say Georgia goes on. They lose to Bama in the SEC championship game. Bama goes in. Georgia's only loss is to Alabama in the SEC championship game like last year. Then they go in. So there's just like all these different scenarios where however you play it out, the SEC is going to get two in purely because of how they rank these first two rankings, assuming Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, all of them take care of business for the most part with the exception of this upcoming week's game. It it is – there are a lot of questions that one could ask about the nature of college football and uh, who and, and why and who would be chosen for the college football playoff, which is featured on uh, a particular network, which also owns another particular network. Right. Which is the SEC makes everybody the most money. And they know that, not sure the Big Ten TV rights deals more. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, the SEC makes. And the most watched game. Okay, it's not an SEC game. The, okay, okay, we don't have to stump for Fox here. What I'm telling I'm you, just saying, I, these are this isn't stumping; these are facts. Are you watching Peter Prisco? Um, yeah, yeah. We do call him Peter from every every once in a while. More, more Chris Hassel calls him Peter. Yes, he does. Um, okay. But my point was that the college. Fo- okay, I'm not why I'm acting like it's the college football playoff is broadcast on ESPN. Yeah. ESPN owns the SEC network. 100%. SEC teams being in the college football playoff is good for the SEC. Correct. It's good for the SEC network, and it's good for ESPN. Correct. Now, the college football playoff committee, which I'm sure is full of uh, astute, totally awake people, like my my favorite athletic director, Boo Corrigan, um, are aware of this. Uh, I I didn't really watch the... Well, Boo actually literally made the statement discussing the fact of why Alabama's ranked six and why TCU seventh. Oh, he did. 
Yeah. That's good. He's awake. That's good to know. He's paying attention. Good to hear. Um, don't get me started. The but but like clearly when you put Bama, Georgia, and Tennessee above TCU, what you to your point, what they're saying is as long as you don't have a bad loss, two of you guys are in. Yeah. Now you can it's and it's and it's it actually might behoove Tennessee to lose to Georgia this week because you would not have to play Bama in the title game. Because the, the loser of that title game is probably out. And the Why? They made it in last year. No, but I'm saying, like, the, the person who – it's like when Ohio State went when they didn't make the Big Ten title game. Understood. But, okay, last year, Georgia and Bama went. Georgia lost the SEC championship game, still went. Right, right. But there wasn't a really good Tennessee team behind them in the division. Sure. But I still think even in that case, you would have the head-to-head over Tennessee if yeah, Georgia sure. beats them this week. So it would be within the criteria. So is – then this week is essentially assuming everybody takes care of business. This week is a basically like a play-in game. It's a play-in game for either one of those two teams. Whoever wow. wins, I would make the case they're automatically in the playoff. Yeah. And I think it's it's obviously and it's really because I mean, of, assuming assuming Tennessee doesn't lose like twice down the stretch or right. You're assuming both Tennessee and Norton neither lose at any point. They're both undefeated, right? So that that's the biggest key. But if they would have put Ohio State at one, I think it then leaves the door open to say, okay, you could drop. Tennessee at two or Georgia at two, whoever they put after that, you could probably drop them out of the top five. Now you look at it and you go, all right, Tennessee's at one. If they lose the Georgia's the three team in the country, the country right now, then I drop them past five. All right. That's probably the best loss, you'd say. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, they're going to five. And then they just sit there, keep winning football games, and then wait till Ohio State and Michigan play itself out. And then Clemson, you know, potentially plays itself in or out. And then whatever happens between Alabama and Georgia, who would obviously be a part of that conversation at that point. So they're getting two in for sure. That's what this 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 told me. By the way, you know the most depressing stat I saw about the college football playoff was? What's that? NC State is seventh in terms of consecutive weeks ranked by the college football playoff committee. And like we have... You guys are awful. No offense. We have less than nothing to show for it. Like, the ACC is the most overrated conference in the college football playoff rankings. Like, first off, Clemson, who has played Notre Dame this week, we'll see what happens with that game. I'm going to beat their ass. But after them, all right, you look at it and you go, all right, who really should be right? No one who's good. No. Carolina? North Carolina it could be a one-line. By the way, you got drummed. Please, please, please. Drummed by Notre Dame. Drummed. We'll end up playing the ACC championship game. <laughs> you know what? Let's move on to something else that's a little more palatable for my stomach on a Wednesday afternoon because I don't feel like vomiting all over this microphone. And this, I mean, Carolina's going to the ACC championship game. And if they beat Clemson somehow, they're going to be like, oh my God, I can't even think of it. We're at 17 right now. You're really going to launch them all the way up the rankings, the top four? You would hope not. Yeah. So, uh, Dan Snyder, I think this, I always, I always think that this is interesting. Speaking of things that disgust me, yeah. Um, is this a read between the lines? Uh, could be. You want to? Sure. Why not? Okay. Let me get the actual quote. The Snyders, Commanders owners Dan and Tanya, 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 Tanya. Is it not Tanya? Probably Tanya. Well, the NFL.com headline says Tanya. What do you mean Tanya? T A N Y A. Yeah, some people still pronounce that Tanya. That's Tanya in my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tanya. Your name is Tanya for. I shouldn't really be talking trash about Dan Snyder. Do you really need it to be an O? I mean, some people would say that at that point, it's it's Tanya. 
Oh, actually, a good point. <laughs> hadn't thought about that one. Uh, anyway, here's the headline. Commanders understand <laughs> and Tanya Snyder hired Bank of America Securities to explore potentially selling team. Brady, read between the lines? This has to be the fact that either someone drummed up some blackmail on Dan Snyder after it was reported that he was had some private investigators, like which by the way, I just, I just like look. I'm like trying to see what it'd be like. All these guys in trench coats to be like falling around these owners of NFL teams. <laughs> like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? You know, they got that little the glasses with the nose and the mustache. They're just falling them all around. And oh, nothing, nothing. Just reading the newspaper. Like creeping yeah. behind Jerry Jones. Like <laughs> reading the newspaper because who does that anymore? You psycho. Who actually reads the normal? Either. People caught on to it pretty quick, and they're like, hey, Danny boy, we've got some stuff on you, pal. So why don't you just you know, push this aside? Look, this is, look, we'll do this for you. We need to build a new stadium there. We need to have a presence there in D.C. that's not this crap hole that you had piping and sewage leaking or whatever it was last year at some point in time in that stadium. When Jalen Hurts almost died, like walking <laughs> out of the stadium. We, we need to have a new stadium. So – We'll help you figure out a way of getting this done, but you're going to have to sell the team. And, and when you do that, you're going to make billions for the sale. And we'll, let the, we'll make all this stuff go away. I, it had to have been that. That's really the only explanation behind all of this. So I'm trying – I can't find it for the love oh, – the rough timeline for this. Um, Jim Ursay at the owners' meetings, October 18th, yeah. said, I believe there's merit to remove him as owner of the – our skins, which great job, Marcy. Maybe, maybe, maybe focus a little more on learning what the team names are in your league and a little bit less on leaning up against trees with acoustic guitars. Ursay said that on October 18th. That was basically the same time that the Seth Wickersham of Don Van Natta article came out claiming the, the, the stuff with the dirts and the private eyes, the fake mustaches and mustaches. And, and a newspaper. You yeah. always have to remember. They're out there reading newspapers like it's 1982. I wish I had a newspaper right here because it's like there's nothing better than you like you like peer over the newspaper with your fake mustache and your glasses like ha 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 Frisco is it was um, so that it is currently November second as we're recording this yeah. that was like two weeks ago that Dan Snyder came out with a statement was like basically. F your couch. I'm not selling this team. I don't care what you try to pull. I will never sell this team. You, this team will be sold over my tiny, little, stubborn, arrogant, dead body. And now, two weeks later, he's like, you know, I'm thinking I might look into selling. So the read between the lines for me is like, what happened in those two weeks? Like, it has to be something. Like, somebody stepped forward in this investigation, this Mary Jo White thing, whatever it is. And they're like, so Dan here's what we found. And he's like, yeah. Here, here's what's going to become public. You know, what's crazy. I am thinking about selling the team. <laughs> like, like you, you can't go from that extreme to like thinking about selling a football team for $4 billion. How long it took him just to change the team name. He was adamant. He wasn't going to change it. And then like what, five years later, he's finally like, all right, um, they only changed it because they started digging around into the sexual harassment stuff at the at the workplace. And he's like, you know what? 
I don't like that name. Let's let's change it. Uh, how about Washington football team? Just just, just come up with something really fast. <laughs> and, then, and then we're gonna do a year long probe into what or like a, uh, like a. By the way, I love how the XFL came out with the defenders, and people were like, "Better team name." And everyone's like, <laughs> right. everyone's like, "Dang it! How did we get stuck with the Commanders? Like, what happened there? How did they?" It's like, <laughs> why did we think of that? There's like an intern at the XFL who picked like twelve team names. It's like defenders, uh, just defenders, just yeah. sounds better. And everyone's like, "That does sound better." And they're like, they're like, somebody made the joke. They're like, with all like the stuff going on in Washington, like they should really be called the offenders because they're so <laughs> offensive. And somebody's like, actually, you know what? Defenders is a really good name. Like, let's just use that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe anyway, um, that I mean, yeah, to your point, there has to be more to the story. There's maybe something. it was, maybe it was Jerry Jones, you know, because remember, he was kind of his advocate where Arisek came out strong and Jerry Jones was like, ah, I don't know about all that. You know, this stuff you guys talk about media and hit this, this, and that, you know? Um, hey, yeah, Jerry Jones is like, I think that's more like a media thing. It's like, yeah, that's fine. That's something the media y'all talk about that. We don't, we don't talk about all that. Look, I'm just trying to walk around in my officials costume for Halloween and not get fined. Okay. Which, Oh yeah. He actually dressed up as a blind ref. If you didn't see it, but, no, here's the best part about that. You can probably Google search it while I'm talking. That's what I'm doing. Um, he's got deniability. He's to the age where technically he can say, hey, these are prescription transition lenses. Kind of like Urban Myers on our show that somehow always just look like sunglasses, even though they are indeed actual glasses. I've seen them look normal. And then he's got a cane that he can use as like his walker. It's incredible. It, this is incredible. Why? What? I mean, this is great. I know, like the most powerful NFL owner is walking around, with, like just making fun of his, the league and how bad they are. It's amazing. It's amazing. But the best part is, is like if they say to, he's like, ah, it's just a walker. You know, yeah, I need, I need a cane now. I have to walk with a cane. I'm that old. I, everyone know? knows I love vertically strapped shirts. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me look thin. Makes me look thin. What? Why is it? What's his? Uh, what's what's old? Uh, is it Charlotte? What's old Charlotte dressed as? Doesn't look like a anything. Anyway, moving on. God, this is a great costume. Yeah. Okay, so Chase Claypool was traded from the Steelers to the Bears. I have, like, I'm going to try and be, I, you know what? I'm going to ask a direct question okay. instead of asking, like, three questions, which I have in my head. How does, Ch how does Chase Claypool fit in the Bears' offense and within what Justin Fields does best and worst? Well, I, I still think we're tapping into what Justin Fields does best. Like people have made him out to be this inaccurate quarterback, which you go back to the time he was at Ohio State, like he's he's not an inaccurate thrower or passer of the football. It's just he's in an offense that unfortunately it, it makes him look that way because his margin of error is so minimal. He's got to throw balls in spots where either his guy gets it or no one does. Otherwise, he's putting that ball, it's going to be subject to being intercepted. Um, and, and as bad as their defense has been at times, you you can't do that and think you're going to have any chance of winning. Um, he's going to be a big body target for downfield off of a lot of the running game stuff they do. And it allows, I think, Darnell Mooney to open up things underneath. It allows things to be more open for Cole Komet. I think it takes some pressure off of um, you know those guys in particular. So it, it's an interesting move, um, I think, in part because if you look at the swap of picks – um, that pick is most likely going to be one that where he was drafted was actually, um, I think it's it was higher than where Chase Claypool was drafted two and a half years right. ago. Right. 
you're, so you're, you're basically buying a used car for a new car price. Right. And, and that's, you know, and you're going to have to pay them at some point too. The other interesting thing to it is like, if you're Ryan Poles, you're getting rid of these veteran defensive players, Roquan, because you guess you couldn't get a deal. Maybe didn't value him to that point or deal was too good to be true. Whatever they say, Robert Quinn, veteran guy, you get some value back for him too. Same thing. So it looks like you're rebuilding and then you go trade away one of your second round picks to then bring in a wide receiver. It's just, it's kind of confusing. It's like, where are we? Like, Hey, we want to rebuild, but we also at the same time want to provide Justin Fields more help. Um, I, I kind of see both sides of it, but I feel like usually you can't dip your toe in. You got to jump in if you're taking on that F them pick strategy. And uh, I feel like the, the Bears are somewhere in the middle on that. Okay, thank you. Um, we got in a, Ryan Wilson was adamant yesterday on the trade deadline show. Wilson and Breach were both adamant that the Bears are not tanking. And that they are trying to make the playoffs this year, which I think is sounds like like if you say that to me, I feel like you sound like a crazy person. I, I'm not gonna say they're tanking. No one does that. That's not, not, not actively tanking, but like they traded Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn 48 hours ago. Right. And to your point, the it's the mixed signal thing where it's like, okay, look. Some would say though that like was their defense was still bad even with Roquan Smith. He's the leading tackler, but like they're still bad against the run. So, like, what, like, if you're going to be the worst in the league or one of the worst, what does it matter if you're a few spots worse? I don't mind the Roquan Smith trade whatsoever. I think you got a second round pick for him, which is better than the compensatory pick you would get if you kept him. You weren't going to sign him. Paul <laughs> said on ESPN 1000 or whatever it is in Chicago that they weren't going to franchise tag Roquan because of the, the, the outside line, the off ball linebacker is lumped in with the edge rusher, basically, um, in terms of the linebacker price tag. Is that true, though? Yeah, it's dumb. That is so dumb. Yeah, they haven't updated. They they had a chance to update it with the newest CBA. Didn't bother. Like, okay, well, because because if I mean, again, if you if you're gonna, it, if the classification say, becomes difficult because you have to like. Wait, well, then it looks at number of snaps, et cetera, and scheme, and like they don't want to have to go into that realm. And and right. and on top of that, you know, which it's it's kind of interesting. The franchise tag has been a great tool for a lot of owners to keep players they want, and kind of drag it on and delay yep. having to pay them. It's it's interesting that they wouldn't want that designation only because it would provide greater clarity of both to both sides. But anyway, and it would and it would make it a way cheaper to keep linebackers if you like off ball linebackers if you wanted to. Which is what you'd want to do. But I also think they feel like you can get those guys coming off the street and play well. Yeah, yeah, I think exactly. I think I think they probably looked at it and were like, all right, how many linebacker, how many off ball linebackers have been tagged in the last ten years? They're like none. Like, like <laughs> we don't need to spend. 10 billable hours trying to figure this out, you know, and hash it out. Like, cause it, what it should have is like an edge designation. Cause you're like, there's, there's just offensive line designation too. Like if you're a, right. you could be a left tackle, like a franchise left tackle or like a center and it's the same franchise tag. Right. So, um, I, I, I was going to say too. Oh, wait, can we, can we not talk about the most surprising trade though? I mean, Calvin Ridley traded to the Jaguars. How amazing. I mean, I just I, I was like, really? Do you know do you know the do you know the most fun fact about this? What's the most fun fact? One of the games that Calvin really bet on last year. Oh yeah, was oh, the team he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Do you do you think ultimately that um if Ridley's reinstated, that the uh the Falcons will be able to parlay this into a second round pick? Or do you... <laughs> Oh, it killed me. Um I think it was a worthwhile gamble, frankly. Uh, <laughs> any more? Any more? I got one more, but I'll save it. Oh, okay. All right, I, 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 that's what we in the business call a teaser. Yes. Uh, 
Um, but in all reality, Jacksonville should be good next year. If, if, if Ridley gets reinstated, he's your one. You have Kirk, Travis Etienne in the backfield. You also have Zay Jones. Like, that's a solid group. Um, and it's, it's a huge year for Trevor Lawrence's evaluation. I know he's kind of being consistent this year. But, you know, that's still like a work in progress coming together. Like, to think that that was going to come together, they're going to be competitive in the AFC South. It's, it's honestly kind of disrespectful to Tennessee Titans. Like, I'll just be real about it. We, we all were immensely disrespectful to Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry before the season. I, I don't know what we all, I, I didn't Did you pick them to win. Uh, I think I might've picked the Colts or Titans. It was one of those two, but I, I thought I the Jaguars right because I'm an idiot. I look, I, there was no chance I was going to pick anyone other than either the Colts or Titans at this point. I think I had them right there, but I had, I had them both as playoff teams. The one where I was wrong was the Colts. Like clearly that was just awful. And by the way, I'm like, I'm still trying to make sense of how Marcus Brady is not a scapegoat getting fired, yet he doesn't call the plays. It's like, well, so what happened then? That has to be way more to that story in Indianapolis. It, it feels like a Jimbo Ursay situation. Like, do we, do we, when did Matt, Matt Ryan got benched? Do we, do we talk about this last week? What's that? Everything, everything blends together in my life. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm well, at some point we talked about Ryan gets benched. You bring in Sam Ellinger. He plays one game. By the way, played pretty well. I mean, if Michael Pittman catches the deep ball at the very end of the game, maybe they end up winning. It was a perfect pass. I don't know that that's a play calling issue. By the way, Frank Reich's calling the plays. So the whole thing's just a little confusing. Like, is he feeling the heat from Ursay just to make a move to make a move? I think so. I think Ursay is just on his back and on Chris Ballard's back. And he's like that tree. He's leaning on him, just yeah. like that tree. That he is, he's he's hammer these guys like like they're a, like a a, a, a a guy I don't know guitar terminology. What's the um a strength whammy, whammy bar? He's hammer these guys like they're a whammy bar. Just, yeah. Um. Oh, I know Michael Pittman. By the way, somebody I saw so somebody pointed this out. It's like let's look at the wide receivers taken in the second round from the last two years. Like, would you rather have these guys or Chase Claypool? It's like, well, why don't we back that up two or three more years? Because you can include DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and I think you want all those guys over Chase Claypool, right? Yeah. Uh, is is Debo Samuel part of that group or no? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Shouldn't have been. Patriots should have taken him in the first round, but they didn't. Nah, right. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Well, I I had him in my mock draft to the Patriots every. Plus, year. maybe that's their ultimate plan. You know, they they that he he actually foresaw San Francisco trading for Christian McCaffrey, who then becomes more of a gadget guy than Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel gets frustrated. He's not getting more touches. And he finds his way back to New England for a discount. Wait, wait. So this is like, this is like, this is like the, the secret plan that Howie Roseman hatched where he's like, I'm actually going to draft JJ Ortega Whiteside. And then once AJ Brown wants a new contract, I'm going to steal him and I'll have two. Of, it's like, right. Right, like you, you should have just drafted agent. Yeah, I don't think it's any of that. I'm just, you know. I know. I obviously don't think that's yeah. that is true. Probably not. Um, okay, final question for you. This is a bit of an analogy. Just lean into it. Play along with me. Let's say that the Buffalo Bills are the equivalent of an NC State education. Oh, yes. I, I saw Dolphins, that. in this mm-hmm. analogy, are a Notre Dame education. How much closer is this worthless Catholic diploma to a high-value tobacco road. State, state degree. Yeah, state, state college education. How much closer does Bradley Chubb make the Dolphins to the Bills? They, they already beat them. The analogy, please. They already beat them head-to-head. 
You're saying they're better? I mean, last time they played, they won. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you got to give them their props. So, like, would I say the Bills are a better team? Yeah, but you got to give the Dolphins props. Like, I don't even know if this hypothetical even works. It does. I, just, I, I would just say, theoretically, like, you'd think that Bradley Chubb does help improve that Dolphins defense. I, I'm more excited about Jeff Wilson being there. Like, I just think, like, oh, my God. Like, dude, that next to him, next to Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert and Waddle and Tyreek Hill, it's like, I can't wait to watch. And the problem is, and we had this conversation, I had this conversation with Pete yesterday. It's like, what happens when the weather gets bad? Like, is this team still going to be like as fast? And is that, it's like, can you, can this sustain itself throughout the entire NFL season? Like, it can't when the weather's nice and it will be always nice in Miami, but can I go to Buffalo? You got to go to some play in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. And I go to. Buffalo. Oh, they've got to go to Los, a- uh, Los Angeles. Terrible weather there. <laughs> New England. Are they have, are they, okay, for real, though, they have Chicago. Uh, I'll just put it this way. I, I, the Bradley Chubb thing, to me, doesn't really matter. Like, I, I'm excited about it. I think it'll have an impact to them. This team just needs two to stay healthy. They need to stay healthy from start to finish and play out because as, as great as this year has been for Mike McDaniel year one, and even Tua, when he started and been able to finish a game, there's still an element of like the future here. Like you're still building this team for the future. As good, I mean, they look, they beat Buffalo head to head. You know, maybe they'll split with them and then they'll lose the next one. But this team is is still trying to build itself to be something that we look at it and say, okay, it's not just the Bills and Chiefs now squaring off in the AFC. It's the Bengals too. It's the Dolphins too. It's all these quarterbacks that we thought would be these guys. They're the guys, and they build around them. I think it's I think it's more interesting though that they the Dolphins made that move. And if you go back and think about how Brian Flores left, it was a kind of a power struggle between him and Chris Greer. And so Chris Chris Greer is almost kind of putting it all out there, being like, "You didn't want star players, well, I did. You didn't believe in Tua Tonga Valoa, well, I did. not I brought in a coach who did. And guess how this looks now." And you're on a team that's really bad. <laughs> so <laughs> I almost feel like it has a little bit of that to do with it too. Like Chris Greer is kind of proving like, look what I've done. Look at the guys I drafted. Look what can happen when you bring in someone who believes in these guys, what they're capable of. So I, I, I kind of appreciate the job Chris Greer's done, like putting this whole thing together. That's, that's a fair point because he was sort of, I, I think, like maybe dismissed a little bit in the sense that, you know, Stephen Ross – it felt like Steven Ross was constantly meddling, you know, and obviously you have J-Lo making personnel decisions. Um, Shakira is, is heavily involved in the scouting department. Well, her hips don't lie. I mean, so the, like, a lot of the decisions were made based on Shakira's hips, which would be a difficult they don't lie. They, they, don't, they don't lie. They don't lie. So Steven Ross is watching. He's like, he's like, I don't know what your hips are doing. They no keep lies told. Doing. No lies told here. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the defense to the NFL for the Brian Flores investigation. They just pointed Shakira. They're like, well, those hips don't lie. I mean, I'm, we didn't Ross would lie. Yeah. Shakira subpoenaed the Dolphins, Dolphins ownership. It's like, like Jimmy Buffett shows up. As you know, gentlemen, I got fiends to the left, fiends to the right. They're like, what the hell's happening here? I, I'm sorry. Next up this is, is Shakira. Mr. Buffett, this is Congress. Uh, one, one second. Uh, we would like to call the hips don't lie. And like, Congress is like, well, all right, fair enough. Hey, we're done here. There you have it. I, I think we're done here. I think uh, he brought in Shakira. Her hips don't lie. So uh, I, don't, I don't think he'd tell a lie either. All right. <laughs> Next up is Pinocchio. 
I, there's also like a Tyreek Hill F you factor to Kansas City too. I feel like and Kansas City's trying to F you back to Tyreek at the same time. They're like, no, we don't need Tyreek. And Tyreek's like, I don't need you. I'm lighting up the NFL. He's on pace to break the single season record. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And think about it, by the way. He'll, he'll, I mean, granted, I don't, is that factors in a 17th game, though, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Which is kind of like, all right, come on. I, see, that's that's one of the biggest pet peeves I have about the 17 games. What's well, so like the TJ Watt on the sack record? Like, he did it in 14 games. Like, he gets, right. he gets way more credit for that. But, like, so the, the biggest thing that drives me nuts about 17 is, like, you're just doing it on the way to 18. Like you, you know you're going to 18, so just go to 18. No one likes 17, all right. right. Besides Philip nine Rivers, and eight. Besides Philip Rivers, nine and eight. Yeah. Besides Philip, Philip Rivers, anymore. he's the only one who would pick 17. I guess Tannehill too, but like it's just it's just a weird number. It's a weird number. Right. Jake Delhomme, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers—they're the only people who would pick 17. What? I'm just saying. Well played. Thank you. That's well played. Uh, but they are getting I'm my ranting against 17 I, that like 17 is like one of my favorite numbers. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, like it is, I look what's, at it and go, what's your lucky number? What's your lucky number? Well, 10. That's why I like, that's why I like, it's my number, man. 10. Oh, did you wear it? Was that, was, I didn't, I didn't really watch it. I didn't really it, was watch. Like a, it was like a tradition at our high school. So Dublin Kaufman, like it was like passed down from quarterback to quarterback. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That tradition's kind of gotten lost though since then. I mean, I, I don't know. So is your, is uh, your, is your, uh, is your like, uh, is your pin like 101010? One, 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 oh my god, no. I shouldn't ask. Oh no, god, no. I wouldn't make it that easy. It's probably something else that's relatively easy. It's not it's not, one, it's not one, two, three, four, but it's not that either. It's probably something else. I yeah, don't know. What it's it is. really easy, but um, my lucky number is eleven. Okay. Yeah, what mine? Um in, in all seriousness, though. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one other trade that I, I, I wanted to mention with you that I thought was interesting. Um, can't think of it. The Naheem Hines trade. Oh, that was the biggest head scratcher. I was like, what, what's the, what's the thought process here? You drafted James Cook in the second round. You got Devin Singletary. How, I mean, Naheem Hines is a nice guy to throw to, but you kind of have like a lot of guys there already. You got McKenzie who plays that slot role and you got Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs. And it's like, I like, I don't know. I mean, like, did you just feel like Zach Moss wasn't providing any value? And that was more the pro- – I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, if anything, you should want James Cook to be playing more because he's played better the more he's played. He's kind of got past sure. some of these early issues. I, I sort of wonder if it's like, okay, we really like James Cook. Good – you know, like, we, we think he's going to become a good player, but the but we the, – the Bills are – the Bills are – the Bills are like a, a, a very high-end luxury automobile, Right. You have everything you need. Yeah. So if you're adding, like, you're like, but do you know what would be nice? That sunroof. I just don't know what Naheem Hines gives you that you don't have with the Devin Singletary and James Cook. You're going to say yeah, what the football? That you trust him maybe more out there, a little pass pro. Are you saying this because of oh, NC State? Is that is that what oh, you're did, he, did he go there? Yeah, he did. Is he from, oh, is he from yeah. here? Oh, I didn't know. Well, you had to have been watching that going, this doesn't make any sense. I, uh, my reaction was just like, go get that ring, Naheem. Yeah. You're like, go, go get it for the Wolf Pack. Go Tar Heels. Yeah. I hate this show. I hate everything about this. <laughs> I don't, I'm not you. I like you. I hate That's no, all right. It's all right if you did. Um, the, there was one more trade we're going to talk about. Oh, we're going to talk about Breach, um, writing that article about. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, 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 I do want to ask you about that, actually. Yeah, of course. Um, okay. 
how did you find it? Did somebody send that to you? And, and like you clicked it and you're like, John Breach wrote this about like, like basically put me in, 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 in a well, in 2015. Well, well, first off, it's, it's not John Breach. It's technically whoever owns that house, you know, has been right. having me dead since I, I mean, I've been there for 13 years. So like I said, apparently I've been a dead Yeah, 14. But that's, that's probably just the Notre Dame education speaking. Well, it's technically 2022 still. We haven't like technically gone to 2023. I thought, last, I thought you were, I thought you were, last year there was actually yeah, last year was 2009. Yeah, there's there's a bottom part. I actually got drafted there in 07, left in 09, which it's it's not that shocking to think a Cleveland Browns fan wouldn't particularly know my time there because it wasn't overly significant. <laughs> but also the fact that there's been so many of us, like it kind of gets the number they start to start to roll into each other. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's actually been 13 years. But I, I digress. I'm not, it's not overly surprising either that Breach would write an article like that. Like knowing Breach now uh, and looking back on it, like I always said to myself when I first got into this, I was like, pretty much everyone in the media industry is a bunch of D bags. You have to take oh, with a grain of salt and just realize that, you know, they're good people deep down. They're good people. <laughs> um, so I've definitely like kind of, I, I mean, I haven't like searched like articles I've written about you, but like I've, done a cursory glance just to make sure that i didn't please don't look it up um the, the, I, I don't care at this point again i know you guys well enough to to really like look at it and just go that's okay they probably needed that <laughs> they they probably needed to write that in order to make money back then right no i was being i was like worried that like i uh, so ryan wilson wilson was talking about this and like he's like yeah i definitely wrote about like brady's draft day on fan house Oh. Old, the old, the old place, we, but like fan house. He was working for the White House back then. No, no, fan house. I know yeah, he was. He was working for the White House yeah. back then. So, yeah. why, so he was moonlighting as a writer for fan house. So he's working at the White House. He's blogging. The, he's like, like W comes in his office. He's like, Hey, Wilson, what's, what's going on out here? He's like, uh, no, no, nothing, sir. I'm not blogging about the Red Sox. First off, <laughs> good God, like, like that scares me that we got someone who's working at the White House who's meanwhile blogging on the side about like. He started a blog called SoxSteelersHeels.blogspot.com. I didn't want to get into this. Exactly. Right. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, or, but like, Breach's thing wasn't bad, though. Like, it's it's more of the guy. But I would, I was, I was always worried that, like, I, I was like, look at this loser. Like, I read, like, something. And I never did that, but because I don't. Well, my, my thing is that, look, as an athlete, you, you're always, and I've said this a thousand times. You're always hard on yourself than anyone else is. So it just becomes someone has to write it because that's their job. Like that's the position that you're in. That's why you're compensated for it. Uh, it's it doesn't it never affected me what people wrote because I was like, look, they got to do the job. It's my job to play better. So, you know, they don't write things like that. Um, I, I do tend to think that they're and the more I've gotten in this business, the more I've felt this way. When people tend to treat people in the media well, they tend to not be as harsh or as personal with oh, yeah. some of the things. Oh yeah, and that's where I think athletes, coaches, could do a better job of of being able to build personal relationships, so they see the more human side behind things. You know, <laughs> look who's here, <laughs> Wilson. Can you, if you were still listening, hold on, exactly. Ryan. My first question is: You were moonlighting as a blogger while you're working at the White House. <laughs> like, should should people know this? I don't think this is a good thing. <laughs> I mean, technically, we could probably sue him for uh government governmental waste 
I don't know about that, or nor do I care about suing him. But I just want to know, I guess, why to me is the most interesting. Like he's the most interesting of everyone, outside of the fact that Breach went solo to a Britney Spears concert, which still to this day I'm like, what? Super like, weird. That's kind of creepy. In Vegas, right? Like, like it's just, the whole thing is like walking around Disney World as a 50 year old man by yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was 2004. I was only a Steelers blogger on the internet. See, like, so I wasn't in the technically I wasn't even in the NFL yet. So I don't know. No, no, like, no but well, by the. He, he was talking about, and he didn't say anything bad about you, but like, it wouldn't, I, like I said, I, I don't care either way. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look, I'm going to try and find something that he said. I'm just trying to find something he wrote about you. I bet, I bet you will. I bet you will. Um, I, actually, I, I, like, I actually have to go into work after this and still continue to do work. Meanwhile, I don't like you'll do something for maybe five, 10 minutes the rest I of the day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What are you so doing I'm, right now? I'm about to take my uh, my son to soccer practice, but I heard I saw I thought I turned the Brady Quinn football show, and I heard old Wilbur Branson flapping his gums. So, <laughs> what'd you say? I heard the tail end that you were talking smack about me. What'd you say? Uh, well, he was saying that you were moonlighting at Fan House while working at the White House. That's, that's, true. Said, that's, that's a scary true. thought, though, to think like you're a part of the White House. A, a, a you know. A, a, you know, a cabinet, what have you. I don't know exactly what position you, you served in, but I think you were like, thinking, you were, weren't you? Uh, thinking after all the stuff you know, you went home and you're like, I'm going to go blog about sports. Weren't you, weren't you like Bush's chief of staff or something like that? And you're yeah. also like blogging I, about uh, the. I, I worked with his future chief of staff uh, at the Office of Management and Budget. But here's, I'll tell you the story, Brady. So I was in graduate school, and in graduate school, you have a bunch of, like, your hours are weird, right? So you have a bunch of free time. And then once my wife and I moved to DC, we didn't have kids yet. I would get home at six o'clock and not have anything to do. So I was like, you know what? There's this thing called Blogspot. Let me just start writing stuff. Like, you know, no one was reading it. But um, Will Leach and Deadspin linked to something I wrote as a Steelers blog 2005. And that, that was like a huge, huge deal for me. And then, um, you know, all downhill, down, downhill from there. I've been with now Deadspin you're stuck on a podcast with me. <laughs> you, and, you and Brady have really had just from you know, peak in 2007. And now you're on a podcast with I- I said it earlier. I said again, Ryan Wilson is still the most interesting person on the pick six podcast. Okay. Small sample size, but sure. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I would love to hear some of the stories from the white house and all that stuff. Some of the stuff you probably can't talk about, but I I can talk about it now. I mean, look, it is. So that was such a tame time compared to where things are now. So it's almost not even interesting, but yeah. Yeah. Good point. All right. I'm going to soccer practice. Have fun. Quit telling lies on the Branson. <laughs> see you, Ryan. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us. Brady, don't hang up until you see the little red thing go I know, away. I know, I know. Okay. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Brady, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.